0: yeah yeah ball so hard you better believe me it's scary it's basketball at the bar with calvin and barry so put a tip in the jar cause these dudes can really fill it up whether it's buckets you need it or just a beer in a cup we're here for fresh conversations that's some delicious libations subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications my boys got you covered like you being guarded by payers from the glove to the claw and everyone else in between calvin and barry got everything that you need for sure so sit back relax because we're starting the show it's basketball at the bar Grab got your drinks and let's go yeah yeah drink, let's go. let's go. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications. Channel and Barry. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the
1: notification.
0: Let's get it. What up, ballers? Welcome to Basketball at the Bar. Join us live every weekday for the best NBA podcast here on YouTube. Where the takes are hot and the drinks are cold. There's no dress code. And you can take us wherever you go. So pull up a stool, drop a like, and don't forget to subscribe. This is Basketball at the Bar. Grab your drinks and let's go. Calvin, we don't have any drinks yet for the draft party, but I need to put some on ice so that we will be ready to go. (laughs) Welcome in, everybody. Happy Tuesday. It is May 17th, NBA Draft Lottery Day and a big day. For the Sacramento yeah, nice Kings, so we're rocking it here. Happy uh, Happy Tuesday, Calvin. How's
1: your day so far? Happy Draft Lottery Day. It's good so far. Yeah. More NBA basketball to talk about. I can't complain. There you go. Just
0: ordered some food, so we got some Just snacks some coming. Food, yeah. Also exciting. Welcome in. What's up, Steven? Good to see you here. Yes, we are going to work on a way for you to either call in or join the show in the future. Uh, just trying to figure out what is the best way to do that and what fits best with our format here. So we appreciate the patience. Yes, it will happen. We have a full show for you guys today. First off, we're going to start off with injury updates. We're going to talk about a couple different articles on NBA.com about the remaining four teams in this year's NBA playoffs. We're going to give a quick little preview on today's game. We're going to talk about that series and the other series, uh, uh, in the uh, West here, we're going to break down uh, Calvin and I's predictions for conference finals MVPs. We're going to talk about the Hornets' second interview with uh, a coaching candidate, Pat Beverly, the Chris Paul, the James Harden situation. We're going to talk real quick about the draft lottery before we end the show, as always, with Q&A. And then we'll be hopping over to Royal Rebounds uh, at uh, you know 4.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. To have a little draft lottery party, Calvin's going to be DJing. We're going to be having a fun time and watching uh, what unfolds here.
1: Yeah, an exciting day for not much actual action to talk about. We got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of rumors, a lot of uh, Pat Beverly is saying all sorts of things on. Oh yeah, get up and thir- and uh, first take. It's there's there's a lot of stuff to talk about. It's fun.
0: He's uh he's trying to be uh he's trying to figure out what his career is going to be after basketball. You can already see he's <laughs> starting to plant the seeds. What's up, Kate Kings? Good to see you here. Hopefully you are excited for today, because I know we are, and uh I got a pretty good feeling. Also want to remind you all, if you have not entered in the contest to win the Davion Mitchell Autographed Basketball being given away by the Sacramento Kings, make sure you go to their website, enter in that contest. I think the deadline here is in like an hour or so. Uh, all you have to do is put in your information and select which pick you think the Kings will get today in the draft lottery to be eligible to win. So hopefully you have done that. If you have not already, go over there, obviously in another window, so that you can still hear us, and uh, fill that up. All right, Calvin, let's jump here into the show today. So first topic, let's talk about injury updates. Uh, Marcus Smart, I think, is our only guy on this list right now. Uh, still don't have any updates on Kyle Lowry uh, and how long or how short the Miami Heat's injury report is for this game. So, so it's
1: long. Uh, <laughs> let's get an update on Marcus Smart. Well, uh, not really much of an update here either. Uh, he's still questionable for Game 1. Ime Odoka says that his, he's still experiencing a bit of soreness in that foot that he sprained in Game 7. Uh, so he's he's going to be a game-time decision. They they haven't really announced whether or not he's going to be available yet. I'm sure that that announcement will come on very soon while we're on the air here. And, uh, I mean, it, it goes without saying that the the Celtics need him out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Stephen, the Kings need to go after DeAndre Ayton and see if they can make something happen. I don't know if I'd touch Chris Paul. Um Love to have his leadership on the team. I definitely think he could help them get to the playoffs, but he costs a lot of money. Um, but I'm I'm all in for for DeAndre Ayton if it's possible.
1: No more point guards in Sacramento. Yeah, let just we stay just, away from point guards. We were for just
0: a looking while. at a mock draft, and Calvin's like, "Oh, they got Kings drafting another point guard <laughs> here," and I'm like, "Oh my god." Also, real quick, I know we were gonna announce on the other show, but do you want to uh, talk about the news in Sacramento revolving uh, the younger? Ronadive? Yeah,
1: Twitter is is blowing up on my phone today because Vivek's uh, daughter, uh, do you know how her name is pronounced? I call her Nani. No, okay, Nani Ranadive. It was announced earlier that she is going to be basically the assistant GM for the Stockton Kings. Not assistant to the GM. No. Well, I don't. People are saying that that is her her title, but I don't know if that's actually the title she was given. Yeah. The report by Sam Amick just says that she will report directly to the Stockton Kings GM. So she maybe is kind of the assistant to the assistant or something like that. Basically, she was just given this position kind of out of thin air. Is this a genie Because bus? she wants to pursue her, her dreams, is which, this- of course, we all support that but yeah
0: is this a genie bus uh similar situation
1: uh perhaps perhaps i think by the time genie bus really got into the organization and actually had a role within the lakers she was uh, she had already been putting in a lot more work yeah. maybe data dennis rodman data <laughs> phil jackson i think she well i don't know i can't really speak for nani so i'm not going <laughs> to I'm not gonna go down that road, but she, from what I see on her Instagram and everything that she she does in life, it this seems like a kind of out of nowhere decision. Yeah, I whereas think whereas I think Jeannie Buss wanted that her whole life. Yeah. Yeah, I think
0: uh it's pretty clear that she has a lot of interests outside of basketball. Yeah. Um, I know she has helped the Kings over the over the years with uh was it like
1: community relations? Uh, community perception. I think perception, she's been involved in a lot like of different that. areas of the organization over the years. But
0: yeah. was also an in- integral part in uh, Vivek's coaching career. Uh, I believe she was the star player uh, on her team that he coached uh, with the pick uh, or with the uh, the cherry picking uh, mm-hmm. technique.
1: Yeah, it's well, we don't need to spend too much time on this topic. <laughs> it's it's difficult though because. Uh, you can see this from both sides, right? Like, I'm really happy for somebody that gets an opportunity like yep. that, especially if it's something that they're really passionate about. Um, but there's there's a lot of people that probably got passed over in this decision. Uh,
0: there's definitely some ties to the ownership group yep. for her, yep. uh, which, you know, I wish the best. Hopefully she can figure it out. Hopefully she does a great job. Um, and we'll revisit that when we have more information. All right, next topic of the day, Calvin. Uh, this is an interesting one. I read this article today on NBA.com, and it was titled, One Word to Describe Each NBA Team Remaining in the Playoffs. Obviously, there's only four teams left. Uh, it's hard to describe a team with one word, or at least some teams are hard to describe with one word. Uh, you know, if I were to describe the Sacramento Kings with one word, it'd probably be sucks. Uh, you know, and <laughs> futile. It's unfortunate to say that um, because I really do want them to do better, but they have not done well. So the four teams left, we have the Celtics, the Heat, the Warriors, the Mavericks, Celtics. I know you've already looked at the list here. I have. But I was going to ask you, if you could describe the Celtics in one word, what would it be?
1: Um, Well, the, the word in the article is defensive, and that's probably the first thing that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. When I think of this team, they're they're the best team defense in the league. They have the defensive player of the year on their team. Yep, They've really showcased all of that uh, p- defensive prowess in the postseason, stopping guys like Kevin Durant. Uh, Giannis, they didn't necessarily stop him, but they they definitely made him work for everything. Mm-hmm. And they stopped everybody else. So, uh, yeah, I, that probably would have been the first word that came to my mind
0: yeah i agree with it uh defensive minded defensive oriented like you mentioned there's a bunch of defensive players on this team uh they're kind of a grit grind uh you know slow the game down uh be physical make it muddy a lot of different words you could describe this team with but i think defensive is a good word i agree moving on next up is the miami heat Celtics and the Heat do play today after the draft lottery, so make sure you guys stay tuned for that. It is an exciting game. Now we only have one game per day, Calvin, so I can't be like, what game are you looking forward to most (laughs) today? Maybe it's this week. Um, But the word they use to describe the Miami Heat is deep. Uh, It's an interesting word. I partially agree with it. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, I definitely agree with it. They're a very deep team. Yeah, they've they've had that on showcased the whole year. Um, I think the first word that would come to mind for me is tough. When I look at this team, Bam, PJ Tucker, Jimmy Butler, yeah, um, even Oladipo. You know the resiliency to come back from all those injuries. That they're just a tough group to me. Sorry.
0: Steven, uh, I think the big three is kind of like an NBA backyard basketball tournament to me. Um, I don't yeah, know if a lot of those. not
1: entertaining enough.
0: <laughs> I just don't know if a lot of these players would want to do it. I'd love to watch it. Whatever you can do, throw NBA players out there. I'd love to do it or love to watch it. But these guys are always worried I, about injuries now and what they do in the off offseason. Well, all lo- a that lot stuff, of these so.
1: guys play in summer leagues anyway. Yeah. I mean, they're basically just pickup games. But yeah. I, I wish they would just sign a TV deal for that and televise those. Didn't we see that like two years ago or something? There was like a bunch of pickup
0: games going on.
1: Yeah. I don't but I don't think they were was. televised. Yeah. I mean, you know, stuff leaks on the internet and you see clips of it on Twitter and, yeah. and whatever. But um, yeah, like, like let's, Space Jam? let's make those when they're, viewable. When you know? they're prepping for Space yeah. Jam, I heard yeah. those
0: were some great pickup games. But yeah, I think that would be cool. Uh, I enjoyed actually watching the first couple seasons of the big three, but then I kind of got over it. Um, but back to the Miami Heat here. Deep, you know, could refer to a couple team, a couple things. It could be they shoot from deep. Uh, they have a lot of good three-point shooters on their team. It could mean uh, they're deep in terms of, like, depth uh, because there's a lot of good players on this team coming off the bench. But I side with you. I'd rather go – I think if I were to choose a word to describe this Heat team, it's going to be physical um, because that's, I think, exactly what they are um, is they're they can do so many different things because their lineup is so versatile. They even have Defensive Player of the Year candidates on their team they sure as do. well. Um, but the big difference for me with this Heat team and any other team is they are the most physical team, and they will they'll beat you down if they can. So I, 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 would, I agree with deep, but I'd probably go with physical if it was up to me. What about you?
1: Uh, tough. Tough is is my word. Yeah. Okay. Very similar.
0: Yeah. Uh, The third team on this list is the golden state warriors. Interesting word or choice of words here to use. (coughs) Yeah. Uh, They use the word transitory. Uh, We've been hearing that over the past year in terms of inflation, (laughs) meaning that it will go away soon or it's just temporary. Uh, In this article, they used the word transitory to mean the warriors are competing for a title and rebuilding for the future at the same time. Uh, They've been reluctant to, uh, quote-unquote, like chip up some of these uh, younger assets to get more win-now-ready players. They still have James Wiseman on this team, Moses Moody, uh, Jonathan Kaminga. You know, they've continued to add young talent during this stretch of losses and uh, non-playoff appearances. What do you think about this word? Uh, Is there a better word, or what are your thoughts?
1: Um, I mean, when you hear the the explanation of why they use the word, it makes sense, right? It's not the first word that I would use. I, my word would probably be dangerous. Yeah. I mean, th- this is a team that, you know, has been at the top of the mountain for so long, and then they were just gone for a couple of years, and, and now all of a sudden they're back with a vengeance. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're a very dangerous team. They've got the most experience by far out of any team left uh, of these four. And they're, they're right on the doorstep of being the king of the mountain. Again, they're, they're very dangerous.
0: Yeah. I I think if I were to choose a word, Mm -hmm. it would probably be experienced um, because you're right. They are the most experienced team here uh, that's left. They have rings. Uh, There are just, you know, a few people, on some of these other rosters that have a, a championship ring. I know, you know, you got Haslam on the heat. Um, can't think of anybody on the Mavericks with a ring. Uh, can't think of anybody on the Celtics well, with a ring. besides
1: Jason kid. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so I would definitely go with experienced or, or maybe veteran, um, But, yeah, transitory is an interesting way to describe them because they're they're right. They do have a lot of young talent and a lot of old talent. There's not really many guys in the middle. Uh, Maybe you could say Andrew Wiggins is one of those guys that's kind of like the bridge that bridges the gap. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I think think experienced would be a better word here. I like that. And dangerous. I'm okay with dangerous as well. Uh, Next up we have the Dallas Mavericks. Chill is the word. Nobody picked this team to make it past the first round, except for Mike. Uh, (laughs) You and I were basically counting them out at every stage, um, and they don't care. They just keep competing. I saw a quote from Luka Doncic today saying that, you know, everyone acts tough when they're up in a playoff series. We don't care. We're just going to keep playing hard. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think chill is a great word to describe the Dallas Mavericks.
1: I disagree. I don't think there's anything chill about this team. Really? No. First of all, Luca plays with an intense amount of swagger. Uh, he complains all the time. <laughs> they are they are anything but chill to me, and I, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like I, I just I disagree with that word completely.
0: I think I'm I'm <laughs> more referring to it as like they don't panic under pressure.
1: Well, yeah, I mean. The walls are every, falling every down. Every team and that makes it chilling. this far is under pressure and, and has to perform under pressure. Like You have a you, better you don't word make it this far. You have a better word for them? I I would probably use the word swagger. Swagger. Because look, Luca is this team, right? And yeah. that that to me is one of the biggest uh, you know, adjectives or or descriptive descriptory words that I could use to surround him. So I, I would say they've got a serious swagger about them. That's the reason they made it this far. Everyone counted them out. Yeah. Um, they're, they're the, you know, it's them against the world and they kind of relish in that. I that could area, see that. That spotlight.
0: I could see that. I'd also go with the word uh, free roll because <laughs> at this point it's, they're playing with house money, right? Yeah. No one expected them to go this far. Um, I think no matter what happens everyone's going to say the Dallas Mavericks season was a success this year, right? Maybe if you're not maybe if you're Luka Doncic you're like nope, I want a championship right, or sure. it's not successful. But everybody else including the guy that really matters in Mark Cuban is probably like this season was a success. Yeah. Uh first year they've won a playoff series in 11 years. Um so yeah, I see I understand chill. I understand where you're coming from um it's hard to describe this Mavericks team because, yeah, they're just a surprise. Maybe that's a better word, surprise. I don't know. Yeah. Luka being hurt forced Dinwiddie and Brunson to become better, and it made the team better overall when Luka was out. Yeah, I, I think that kind of goes to what Calvin was talking about yeah, yesterday with, with the Phoenix toy. Suns, right? Is like uh, they didn't have much adversity during the season to help them propel themselves to another level. The Dallas Mavericks had a ton of adversity, especially in the first round uh and playing without their best player, uh being down oh two, uh being on the verge of elimination. They keep coming back. They do.
1: They do. One they're, word they're like COVID nineteen. Yeah, yeah,
0: right. Kings one word sad.
1: Yeah, yeah. Nope. There, there are a lot too. of words that you could use to describe the Kings and probably none of them are good. I mean, I, I can think of a good word, hope,
0: right? <laughs>
1: is that a good word, though?
0: Yeah, because I'm hopeful today, like they said earlier. Yeah,
1: if you're hopeful every all the time, though, <laughs> is that really a good thing?
0: They said earlier today, today is the chance for one or more teams to change their future. Yep. They're giving away today basically the most. that goes both ways. Change your future
1: in a good way or in a bad way. That's true.
0: Well, they're already bad, so (laughs) there's only one way to go. But, um, yeah, like literally the most valuable asset in the NBA is the first overall pick, right? Like you could argue, oh, LeBron James or Luka or one of these guys. But when it all boils down, the number one overall pick is the best asset you can get in the NBA. One of those teams is going to get it today. Maybe it's the Kings. Maybe not, but uh, we could see one of these teams that's on the bottom skyrocket up next year or have the assets to make a big trade this offseason to bring in more talent. So today is is definitely an exciting day. All right, Calvin. um, I want to talk a little bit more about the NBA draft lottery later on the show. Uh, But before we do that, let's give a little preview of today's game. Um, Boston at Miami. It's game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. Miami's favored by two in this game. Uh, This game's basically going to kick off or or tip off right after the draft lottery concludes. Um, So, so far, Marcus Smart, day-to-day, haven't upgraded his status Uh, Miami Heat, you got Kyle Lowry out, Caleb Martin day-to-day, Gabe Vincent day-to-day, Max Struss day-to-day, P.J. Tucker day-to-day. All those guys are playing. Thoughts on the game?
1: Except Kyle Lowry, of course. Uh, My thoughts on the game, look, this this series is very evenly matched. Um, These teams kind of operate in very similar ways. I think it's going to be a long series. I'm predicting seven games. I keep going back and forth on who I think will win this series. Part of me is like I can't pick against Boston anymore. They've made me look like a fool twice now. (laughs) But I really love this Miami Heat team at the same time. So I'll just break it down to this one game. It really depends a lot on if Marcus Smart plays and how, uh, how healthy he is out there. He is such an important part of what this team does, and I think it becomes even more important against a team like Miami. Miami is a great defensive team, great perimeter defensive team. Marcus Smart kind of keeps things moving for Boston offensively. Remember back to game one of that Brooklyn series where Jason Tatum makes that great cut at the end of the game, Mm -hmm. gets past Kevin Durant for that spin layup to win the game. Who's the guy that found him? Marcus Smart. Yep. And they said that they had this you know, eye contact before Jason Tatum made that cut. They've got a great feel for each other. Smart also shot almost 40% from three this year. In a series like this where points are going to be at a premium, outside shooting, floor spacing is going to be incredibly important. Um, and the Heat have more outside shooters than the Celtics do, or at least better percentage-wise. So he's incredibly important, and if he doesn't go today or if he tries to go and and re-aggravates his injury and can't play that much or can't play that well, I'm picking Miami to win this game.
0: Yeah. I I do think Miami will win this game at home. Uh, I've been saying all year, or I mean all postseason, I think Miami's going to the finals. Uh, We will see what happens here. Uh, If I'm Boston, I'm going to try and do everything I can to steal either this game or game two. In Miami, you mentioned the first round against uh, Brooklyn. That first game was so important because it really, like, brought the Nets back down to earth, right? The Nets were about to get this, this win. Um, you know, it was going to be an upset. Uh, and that play killed them. And yeah. I think that carried <laughs> momentum into the rest of the series. They end up getting swept in that. I think Miami needs to win game one and game two. Uh, I think they will, but if I'm Boston, that's what I'm looking to try and uh, attack. Try and keep these games close, be physical, try and be more physical than the Heat, make it a one-possession game, and see if I can steal one of these games in Miami.
1: Yeah, I agree with that totally. This series is just really interesting to me because the, the individual defensive matchups, I mean, Miami has shown in both previous series, That they're capable of throwing a lot of different bodies at your best player, right? We saw it with Trey Young. They switched all the screens. Um, He had to go against P.J. Tucker, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. And they can do that same thing here to Jason Tatum. Um, And then on the other side, you know, who is Tatum going to guard primarily? Uh, If Marcus Smart is going to be out there, does he get Jimmy Butler for most of the time? Tyler Hero, to me, is one of the keys to this series. Because you've got all these great players and different defensive matchups. Of course, Boston is going to put, uh, you know, some a good defender on him. Mm-hmm. But he is the guy that if he can get going, he's definitely shot the ball a lot worse so far in the postseason than he did in the regular season. If he gets going, Miami is all of a sudden a, a very, very different team and even better team. Um, and that, that could really swing the series.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think Miami could definitely – Uh, Shoot the celtics out of the gym in at least one of these games because they have so much potential like we said deep right It could be multiple things either deep in the bench Or they like to shoot it from deep and they have a ton of three-point shooters on this team If they can go on a run here and start making some shots uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, A game where they shoot 40 percent or more from three-point range and they beat boston by 10 to 15 points Yeah uh, the over under on this game is two o three and
1: a half. That's it's so low. That's a low scoring game. I mean, I it's gonna be a low scoring series, I think overall. Yeah. But man, that's low. Are you taking the
0: over <laughs> or the under on that?
1: Yeah, I told Ethan last night to take the over. Okay. I just feel like it's it's so so low.
0: So Boston and Miami played three times this season already. Uh, the first game was November 4th. Boston wins that game 95 to 78. Mm-hmm. Uh Jimmy Butler leads all scores with 20 points. Uh Jalen Brown had 17 in that game. Then they played again on January 31st. Boston wins that game 122-92. Uh that's your over there. Uh Jalen Brown 29 points for him. And uh Matt Struss, 27. And then they played a third time on March 30th, where Miami wins 106-98, 24 points for Jimmy Butler, 28 for Jalen Brown, also hits the over. So this team definitely has some history uh, throughout this season. Boston's won two out of the three games. I'm not sure if that gives them an edge or not. Um, Any thoughts on that?
1: Uh, no, I don't think that those regular season games really matter much at this point. And every single road team won during those three games this season. Yeah. But we know the playoffs it's, are... It's different now. A much Eastern Conference Finals. Yep. Uh, it's it's a totally different yeah. atmosphere here.
0: Playoffs are a much different atmosphere. Uh, Boston is averaging 111.8 games, or points per game, where Miami is averaging 110 points per game. Like I said, these regular season numbers change when you reach the playoffs. But uh I think I agree with you, Calvin. I think I'd go the over on this game. Um I'm thinking realistically it's gonna be maybe probably not too much ten, over, but yeah. maybe two ten, maybe two yeah. fifteen, something like that. Uh I'm picking Miami to win this game.
1: Yeah. I I'll agree with that.
0: All right. Next up, um, That's the only game we have today, guys, after the lottery. But uh, I just real quick want to give a a little preview of Wednesday's game. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more in depth tomorrow uh, on this. But Dallas at Golden State, game one of the Western Conference Finals, is tomorrow, May 18th. Calvin, just kind of brief thoughts on this uh, Dallas versus Golden State series.
1: Um, Well, we kind of talked about it yesterday, but to me the the Mavericks have had a an incredible run here um I just I think the Warriors, because they already play small that they're gonna have an easier time dealing with Dallas than Phoenix did or Utah did The style of ball that they play, the way they share it um I think they can really wear down your defense over the course of a 24-second shot clock, and you multiply that you know, X number of possessions throughout a game. And I think this is just the time for Steph and Clay to shine. I really yep. do. Like, exactly. Um, I, I believe Steph – everyone's talking about Luka right now, and deservedly so. He's been incredible. But I think this is the moment when Steph reminds everybody that he's the greatest shooter of all time. He's one of the greatest players – has one of the greatest uh, postseason resumes in NBA history, and th- this is where the the run comes to an end for Dallas. It's been a great run, uh, but I like the Warriors in this series, assuming that they can take care of their turnover issue. If the Mavs win this series, are you doing another shot for Mike? Yes, I will, Mike. <laughs>
0: uh, how did that go yesterday? Did you enjoy the rest of your day after that?
1: It, I was definitely feeling it a little bit Okay right? for, the, for the remainder of the show, anyway. I don't yeah. know if anybody could tell. But.
0: Uh, good times here at basketball at the bar. Stuff happens. Shit happens.
1: Shit happens.
0: I'm looking at the same exact thing you're looking for, Calvin. I'm looking for Steph Curry and Clay Thompson to shoot extremely well in this game. If they don't, I think the Mavs could win game one. Um, I... If I had to choose a team, I'm probably going to take Golden State for game one. But as I mentioned on the show yesterday, I'm rocking with the Mavs now. Uh, I think I'm I'm picking the Mavs to go to the finals. And uh, I think they'll win in six or seven games. I don't know exactly. I need to see how tomorrow's game kind of goes. Um, But I think if, if Steph shoots amazing, Warriors win game one. If he doesn't shoot well, Mavs win game one.
1: The key to this series is Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins is probably going to get most of the defensive assignment on Luka. He's played really, really well defensively. I know Luka, nobody can really stop him right now. Mm -hmm. But uh, offensively, when Andrew Wiggins plays well, the Warriors win. Yep. 17 points seems to be the marker. He scored 17 three times in three wins, In that previous series for Golden State against Memphis 18 in the fourth win So if he can get himself going knock down a couple outside shots early And he becomes another scoring threat Mm -hmm. That just opens the floor up so much more for this team which is loaded with shooters Um, And yes, so if he gets going offensively the, The Warriors have a great chance to win the game and win the series
0: Jason kidd you know, we've praised him this season about, you know, the adjustments he's made, the improvements he's made as far as, like, coaching a team uh, and making, you know, in-series, in-game adjustments, stuff like that. All-time great point guard, Hall of Famer. Last time he played with the Mavs, they won the title. Um, what kind of adjustments or tips or, or things do you think he's doing to, to kind of game plan for a guy like Steph Curry?
1: Man, that's a really tough question. I, I mean, I don't know what you do necessarily to game plan for a guy like Steph Curry. It w- great players, I think the game plan is basically just we got to make it as difficult as possible. Mm-hmm. Physicality, I think is one of the the things that people try to go at Steph with double teams. It, you know, it it's just so hard when you play against the Warriors because it, they're they share the ball so well. They have so many shooting options on the court usually at the same time Um, and they're extremely unselfish so you can't just say well every time Steph gets the ball we're going to double him that that doesn't work against this team yeah so I I think you just have to continue to be physical with him you have to go at him defensively Um, Jalen Brunson is a really good post guard I don't know who exactly is going to be guarding him for most of this series if it is Steph I would like to see Dallas try to get him matched up with Curry in the post maybe. He can use his body, be a little physical with him. Every blow, you know, that you take kind of adds up over the mm-hmm. course of a series, right? So that's kind of the the very basic way I would attack this game. But it great players like that, there's no like, oh, we're going to take his left hand away or we're going to, you know, force him to only shoot from this side of the court. That, that stuff doesn't work against a guy like Steph Curry.
0: You're right, you're right. Um, do you think they'll do anything similar like they did in the series before, as in targeting Chris Paul, try and get him in foul trouble, like with, with Curry, try and go after him, try and put pressure on him on the defensive end of the floor? Yeah, definitely. Maybe he gets in foul trouble, that, maybe he just been, gets exhausted by trying to chase somebody. That around has the whole been game.
1: what teams have tried to do to Steph Curry for years, mm-hmm. You know, as they've made their run deep through the playoffs over and over and over again. And I give Curry a lot of credit because he's gotten better over time. Yep. He's not the best defender in the league, um, but he has definitely improved that aspect. You can't. We saw John Morant struggle at times yep. uh, to get shots off on him, so he is a much much improved in that area. But definitely, if you're looking at on offense, where is the spot you want to go? Maybe now you can say Clay because he's still recovering from the injuries, and you know maybe his lateral quickness isn't quite what it used to be. Um, and I don't know who they're going to have Clay guard most of the time either. But uh, definitely, you you start with Steph Curry going at him on on defense. Yeah, um, yeah, I I think that's pretty
0: much all you can do here. Uh, Draymond Green. We've known this guy to be a very, very fiery competitor. Has had words with players, coaches, uh, referees, all this stuff. You're starting to see similar things from guys like Luka Doncic. Got into it with a, you know, somebody in the crowd. Uh, when we were talking about one word, you were talking about how this guy's, you know, got a little bit of an attitude or a swagger mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. Do you see him getting into it with Draymond Green? Maybe a, a Doncic. Draymond Green altercation, maybe some technicals, uh, maybe a guy getting suspended for a game. Forget yeah,
1: Draymond Green, it's I think it's the whole team. Okay, Luca doesn't back down from anyone, and uh, I think he he you've heard him say it. He kind of welcomes all the the talk, the trash talk, all that stuff. It, it gets him fired up. Yeah, and he's quick to respond to it. He ha- he has always been that way. I mean, you got to think this dude's been playing professional basketball since he was what 13? Thir- 13, mm-hmm. 14, um, nothing's going to scare him. He's been in every situation that you could possibly be in. So, yeah, I could definitely see uh, either Draymond or somebody else <laughs> getting into it with him and it becoming, you know, an ongoing thing in this series. I hope so. It definitely brings some excitement here. I want to give a shout-out to I Rain
0: Supreme, new sub. Welcome, welcome. Yes, thank you. Welcome to Basketball at the Thanks Bar. We're here, here every single weekday. Talking basketball, having a great time. Uh, please, you know, interact, ask some questions. Welcome in. What's up, Gothen? Good to see you here. Techno Peasant, Progressive G, good to see you. Phoenix. Phoenix brought up some breaking news here, Calvin. Yeah. Al Horford is out for game one due to health and safety protocols. That's, uh, as that's you, huge. As you mentioned, uh, COVID-19 just keeps coming back. Yeah. And uh, Marcus Smart is officially out for this game as well. Does that change your prediction?
1: Well, I was already predicting Miami to win. Okay. So, uh, no, it doesn't change. It strengthens okay. my prediction. Yeah,
0: I, I think Miami's definitely going to win this game. That's really tough for them because, you know, the COVID thing or health and safety protocols yeah. is like, what is going on here? How many games is he out for? We don't know. Uh, Is Steve Kerr back yet? We don't know what's going on with him. He
1: cleared protocol. He rejoined the team.
0: And then, you know, as a player, when you get back, are you able to run and do the things that you normally could do? How long does it take you really to get back? So, uh, unfortunate news for them, big blow to the Celtics. Very big. Big blow to the
1: Celtics. Very big. Robert Williams must be playing then.
0: What's up, Ivan? Good to see you here. Rooting for the Mavs in the Heat. I am as well. Uh, I think the Heat are going to win the title this year, guys. I I really do. I really do. Okay, Calvin, we're moving on here. Uh, I'm going to let you continue to look that up uh, about Robert Williams.
1: He's not on the injury report, so I would assume that he's going to play. He's got to play good. He's got to play good for them. Next up. This year, they
0: are introducing some new conference finalists MVP awards. Uh, Kind of weird concept. Uh, One is named after Larry Bird and one is named after Magic Johnson uh, for the East and West Mm -hmm. Coast. Mm -hmm. I kind of like that idea because I think there should be something to honor those two guys that have helped elevate basketball or NBA basketball, uh, you know, uh, to get to this point or at least – Gave it a running start for guys like Kobe, LeBron, Shaq, all those guys to kind of take over and run with it. Before I ask you what your predictions are, I just want to hear your overall thoughts on these awards or
1: participation trophies, <laughs> whatever you want to call them. Um. Well, first of all, I, I agree with you. I do think that it's cool to see the NBA honor people like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson you know and Kobe Bryant and and all of this like that that's a good thing for the league overall these tr- individual trophies themselves however in my mind are participation awards yeah i think that they're it's i won't use the word nonsense but it just seems like a whole lot of nothing to me like it <laughs> yeah if i was a player that won that award um you know that's great and everything i'd feel really good but probably never look at that trophy again especially if i lost in the finals like yeah that's what it's all about I, I want the larry o'brien trophy i want the finals mvp trophy conference finals mvp is is a great uh you know boost or whatever to your your ego but it means nothing at the end of the day
0: yeah real quick i want everyone that's watching right now to please hit that like button Uh, It really helps us out a lot. It helps other people see this video. Uh, We greatly appreciate it. If you would, go ahead and smash that like button.
1: You know Uh, what conference finals MVP makes me think of? What? If you ain't first, you're last. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh,
0: I don't want to be too negative here because I think it is similar to a participation award or trophy. However... I would potentially be open to two MVP awards during the regular season, one for East, one for West, Uh, just like they do in baseball. You and I have talked last week, I think the week before even, about how the MVP award should be given out basically on the last day of the regular season or maybe like before the final start. Maybe they could give it away during during the – the no stats, whatever weird time it is during the <laughs> the uh, play-in the play tournament. In. Yeah, But I do like the idea of maybe having a Larry Bird and a Magic Johnson MVP award that they give out at the end of the regular season, one for each conference might be kind of cool. And then maybe you have the finals MVP as the best player in the finals. Shouldn't necessarily go to the winning team, uh, but it should go to the best player. I'd be open to something like that, but uh, like Steven says, there's too many trophies here, and it does water down the product. Playing tournament MVP is next.
1: Oh, it's coming! Don't yeah, do worry. Then mid season tournament MVP. Oh, is there's always All Star
0: Game MVP. Yep. yep, yeah. That's 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 pretty crazy. Um, well, since we don't really have a choice here, Calvin, and they're giving out the awards anyways. <laughs> I want to know what your predictions are for Eastern and Western Conference MVP awards.
1: Man, this is still tough because in my, in my head, I haven't even decided who's going to win this Miami and Boston series yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, the Horford news doesn't help for, you? Well, no. I mean, uh, uh, Marcus Smart is more important, I think, for this series than Al Horford is. That's not to put down what Al Horford has done in the postseason. He's Mm -hmm. been amazing for them. Absolutely amazing. But uh, I will – my gut shot answer to this question is Jason Tatum for the East and Steph Curry for the West. Okay. Although I could see there being a scenario in the West kind of like when LeBron should have won uh, finals MVP – but Luka they lost Doncic. the series, Luka Doncic. So, I could see a scenario where Luka deserves the Western Conference Finals MVP but yep. they
0: lose the series. I I'm going to say Jimmy Butler, Luka Doncic. Part of me wants to say Bam Adebayo, but I think he's going to have a really tough go against Robert Williams.
1: Uh so I view it as the other way around. Okay. I think Robert Williams is going to have a he's going to be in a world of hurt in this series, especially if he doesn't have Al Horford next to him or to give him a breather. I think Bam has a big time series.
0: Okay. Okay. So that's, that's making me question myself again here, but I'm just going to go with Jimmy Butler, Luka Doncic. I I think those two guys will, or at least deserve to win the awards. We'll see what, what actually happens here. That's wild. Yeah. Preseason MVP, Royal rebounds, MVP, uh, most improved player between the first and the second rounds like there's <laughs> they're getting crazy here with all these different awards most overrated player and wants to give it
1: to Kevin Durant. I don't think I'd give it Steven,
0: but uh is that your pick? What about
1: James Harden. Most overrated player? I don't know. I'd have to think more about that, but I definitely would put James Harden ahead of Kevin Durant right now. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's that's a very tough question. Um Westbrook, James Harden's definitely up there on my list. And that's just because we expect so much from him, and he hasn't really done that much recently. What have you done for me lately kind of attitude. Well,
1: but that's the thing, too. It's like James Harden, his regular season numbers are pretty good. Yeah. Right? Like we heard Pat Beverly saying, you're not going to give a guy who averages 22, 10, and and 8 a max contract. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he, there's some sense that makes some sense when you think about it. But then you look at, what have you done for me lately? What did you do in the postseason? Yep. Yep. Two field goal attempts in an elimination game. And that's what we brought you here for. In the second it. half. Yep. When your best player is hurt and can't be his, you know, his normal self, yep. that's, when you've gotta, that's when you prove that you're worth $60 million at age 37. All right, on that subject, let's talk about it. So Pat Bev
0: has been all over the media the past couple of days, taking shots at Chris Paul, uh, defending James Harden, uh, and just getting into it with everybody. Oh, uh, he's not a big fan of Chris Paul. No,
1: he's uh, not a big I mean, fan he, of a
0: lot of people. He said he's a great player and all this stuff. He just says that nobody's afraid of him and the Suns. Mm-hmm. He was talking about how, and these guys actually played together With the Clippers, right? Yeah. So they do know each other very well. But he was talking about how, you know, if if Chris Paul gets shoved or whatever happens, nobody on the Suns comes to back him up. He's like, "If, if I'm shoved on the Timberwolves, everyone's right there. If I was shoved on the Clippers, everyone's right there. Why is nobody standing up for Chris Paul on the Suns? Not sure if I really agree with that or if I know there's an answer or not, but it is a hot take on Chris Paul. He was also arguing and saying that James Harden deserves the Supermax contract. Yeah. I don't know if they're friends from whatever happened in Houston. Um, What what are your thoughts on this situation? Pat Beverly is campaigning for James Harden and hating on everybody else.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a little strange. Uh, I don't know. He clearly doesn't like Chris Paul. I don't know what. That What happened to those two or, yeah. or, you know, what words were exchanged? I mean, you can go all the way back to, to when Beverly was playing with the Clippers and he shoves Chris Paul to the ground. Yeah. Um, they, they clearly don't like each other. But Pat Beverly for me is like a guy that likes
0: to call out people that are like fake tough. Like he, maybe he feels like Chris Paul is fake tough. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you're tough. I'll show you what tough is.
1: Yeah, I guess I don't know. Pat Beverly to me is he's a guy that just says things to say things. I Great mean, analyst. Yeah, yeah, he's and it's funny because like the things that he says if you just were to look at the sentence by itself and not pay attention to context, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, like that makes sense." I yeah. mean, what did he say about the um the Grizzlies? John Morant didn't score uh, whatever uh, yeah. it was, 45 or, or whatever, have a triple-double on us. And when you just read that sentence, you're like, yes, that's true, but you guys lost to them, <laughs> and they then lost to the Warriors. So what does that really mean? Um, so, yeah, he's a troll, like everybody is saying here <clears throat> in the comments. And when it comes to James Harden, I would not offer him a Supermax contract. I think you have to look at this from the organizational standpoint. What's best for the franchise? How do we keep this team together and being competitive for a long time? If you have a guy that's 37 years old who just played the way he did down the stretch in the playoffs, making $60 million, Mm -hmm. that's ridiculous. That's crazy. And you you won't be able to complete your roster at that point. You won't be able to fill out your roster with players that make your team competitive.
0: This is such a tough question because, I mean, if I were just to like step back and say, is James Harden worth a super max contract? I would say no, but it's a lot more complex than that, right? Because you traded a bunch of guys and a bunch of picks and assets to get this guy. Joel Embiid is the guy that you really need to impress and make happy because he's pretty much what you have here on the Sixers. So if I'm the GM of the Sixers, I'm sitting down with Joel Embiid, and I'm being like, okay, Embiid, you're my guy. You're here. I want you to be here for a long time. I want this team to win a championship, all this. I want to surround you with players. We made this move to bring in a guy like James Harden because I thought he was going to be James Harden. He's looking a little different now. Here's our options. We let him go. We stick with what we got, we try and bring in another player? Or do you want me to try and handicap our franchise and bring this guy in, and if you guys can't work it out, we got nobody else? That needs to be a conversation that has to happen. And if I'm Daryl Morey, Joel Embiid's got to be 100% on board in agreement with any moves that I make this offseason.
1: Totally. I I agree with that 100%.
0: Um, because, you know, players are empowered in today's NBA, and that is the franchise, Joel Embiid. He is the franchise. As much as you want James Harden to be the second-best player, the best player, the third-best player, whatever it is, Joel Embiid is the franchise. You need to appease him, and who knows? Maybe James Harden comes back completely refreshed next season and is himself again. It's a gamble. And your franchise player has to take that gamble with you.
1: It's a big, big gamble.
0: Bigger troll, Pat Beverly or Draymond Green? Oh, it's Pat Beverly.
1: Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, A a troll is somebody that doesn't back it up. Really? Okay. Draymond Green, his resume is ten times more accomplished than Pat Beverly's. I think they're about the same troll-wise, in my opinion. They both go on national TV
0: and just talk, 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 talk. They both flipped off the crowd. They've both have been involved with dirty plays. Yes, yeah. Draymond played on a much better team. Yes, he's a much he's better a player. He's a much more accomplished
1: player. And he's one Not more. Not just the team. But that has nothing
0: to do with being a troll,
1: in my mind. I, that's true. That's true. I, a, a troll to me is somebody that they both of them always talk. Yeah. But a troll is somebody that you dismiss because you're like, well – That guy just talks. He doesn't actually do anything. Okay. Draymond talks all the time, but they win. (laughs) And he wins individually. Defensive player of the year. uh, All-star. I mean, he's got everything that Patrick Beverly wants. Oh, yeah. But Patrick Beverly won't get. He's on a much better team. He is on a better team, but he's also, like you said, a better player. Yeah. And... Patrick Beverly, like the the two guy. If I'm playing against those two guys, yeah, Patrick Beverly is the guy that I will. I could care less what he says to me. Draymond Green's a guy that would actually get under my skin. Okay, because I'm worried that Draymond, Draymond Green might actually get the better of that matchup for me. Uh, I
0: read this comment as Dre has a higher barbecue IQ. And, oh, he uh, might. Then that I, I love that. That's how it should be. He does have a higher basketball IQ, uh, and I think Dre provides some actual analysis. Yes, I do. Um, oh, he's
1: very smart. Yeah, he's but I,
0: smart. I think both of those guys are pretty smart. Um, but I think they're both trolls, and Draymond Green is the guy that you love if you yeah. – I think they're both in the same boat. You love them if you're on their team. You hate them if, if they're not on your team.
1: I don't know. I don't know.
0: I mean, how many times does Steven Adams have to get kicked in the nuts by Draymond Green for people to to not like him?
1: I think that's a separate issue. I don't
0: know. Oh, that's funny. Should the Kings get James Harden? Hell no. Hell no. We don't need another guy that's going to handicap our franchise and basically do whatever they want. That's not what we need. All right, moving on here, Calvin. One more topic to cover before we jump into a quick draft lottery preview. And I want to remind you all in about 30 minutes, we are going to be going live on our other channel, Royal Rebounds, uh, with a draft lottery party. So make sure you guys join us for that. All right, Calvin. So the Hornets announced today that they are having a second interview with Golden State Warriors assistant coach Kenny Atkinson.
1: Um, good move for the Hornets? I think it is. I love Kenny Atkinson as a coach. Um, I wish the Kings would have interviewed him. Why do you think Mike Brown
0: was taking over as interim instead of Kenny Atkinson? Just because he's been there longer?
1: Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm not really sure how to answer that certainly um yeah the te- tenure with the organization steve kerr i think probably has more of a relationship with him i won't say it's a better relationship but he's just got more e- years of experience working with him and um uh, mike brown's like you said been with the the organization longer so yeah that that probably checks out in yeah. my book yeah uh
0: Good look for the Hornets. I love Ken- Kenny Atkinson a lot. I think he would have been a great option for the Sacramento Kings, but whatever discussions they had, it didn't work out.
1: Uh, he seems to be interested in this Hornets job going back Should for a second Could be the best thing interview. to happen to LaMelo Ball, too. Yeah. I mean, we've heard a lot of players in the league talk about how Kenny Atkinson helped, you know, propel their careers and improve yep. them D'Angelo as players. D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell is one of them. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think it would be a very solid pick.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, good luck, Hornets fans. Hopefully you guys get your guy, uh, and then the process really starts. But so far, good move. Good move by them. All right, we'll jump into a couple questions here real quick, Calvin, before we do the draft lottery. Uh, people are still talking about Draymond Green here. Uh, have the Kings had any player like that in the recent past? Um, I would say Ron Artest, Metaworld Peace. Uh, Matt Barnes, a Uh, a couple, a couple players like that. No one to the degree though of a Draymond Green. The thing about Ron Artest cousins, Cousins. kind of in a way like the thing about Ron Artest for me is like nobody's afraid of Draymond Green in real life. Maybe they're afraid of him on the basketball court, but I think we all agree that Draymond is a reasonable person. I don't know I've, if you can heard say, differently. but I don't know if you can say <laughs> the same thing about a guy like Ron Artest, right? Like, people are legitimately afraid of Ron Artest in real life. Yeah, not just because the malice at the palace and all that, but because the dude is a little crazy. Mm-hmm. And if if something were to go down or happen, in my mind, I'm like, Draymond Green might be thinking about the bigger picture. Maybe Ron Artest is not thinking about the bigger picture at all. And that's not a diss hey, on Ron Artest, because I love Ron Artest. But he is the guy that I would be the most afraid of.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would definitely be afraid uh, of Ron Artest. But um, going back to, so as you know, I spent a lot of time in Michigan. Yep. I've heard plenty of stories of, from people that went to Michigan State, saw Draymond Green out at a bar. This is even post his playing career at Michigan state after he was in the pros came back, he's hanging out at bars in East Lansing and people would try to approach him. And he would basically say, you know, I'm going to fuck you up if you come over here, sort of a thing. Again, these are all stories, but I don't hear say, hearsay Calvin exactly the most approachable person. Yeah. He
0: just seems a little bit more down to earth, which is wild that I even say that about him, <laughs> but a little bit more down to earth than a guy like, like Ron Artest. Progressive G says, I think the fact that Draymond is a much more notable player and he's had a bigger platform makes him the bigger troll. Remember the, you started the super team comment after winning the finals? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, they're they're all big trolls, but uh, I think Draymond is is definitely up at the top of that list. I think Do, we need, Do we, we need to look up the Twitter account? Do we need to look up the definition of a <laughs> troll? Because I think you and I have different definitions. We
1: might, we might.
0: Scott Pollard comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. Scott Pollard, uh, definitely fun guy. Uh, you could even throw, I guess, uh, if you want to, uh, some other kings in that list. I remember a certain uppercut from a guy like Doug Christie.
1: Yeah, but Doug didn't really run his mouth. Yeah.
0: You know,
1: (laughs) he seems capable.
0: All right. Moving on here. Let's talk about the NBA draft lottery, guys. It's starting here in about 30 minutes. I just want to go down uh, over the odds here at the number one pick. So give me one second here. All right. So Houston. Houston. Orlando and Detroit own the top three spots in the lottery. They have a 14% chance of getting the number one overall pick. Oklahoma City has a few picks in this year's draft, including number four and number 12 uh, in the lottery. That gives them a combined 12.5% chance that either of those picks will become the number one overall pick in this year's draft. Next up, Indiana, 10.5% chance at the number one overall pick. Portland, 9% chance. Sacramento, 7.5% chance. Then you got New Orleans with the pick they received from the Lakers in the Anthony Davis trade, has a 6% chance of moving up to the number one spot. 45 for San Antonio, 3% for Washington, 2% for New York Uh, The Oklahoma City Thunder, I already spoke about them and their two picks. Next up, Charlotte, 1%, and Cleveland, Calvin. Cleveland has a 0.5% chance of winning the draft lottery. In my mind, I look at this list, I'm like, Cleveland has the best chance of winning the number one (laughs) overall pick. Only
1: if, uh, what is his name? Do we know Dan Gilbert's son's name? Oh,
0: I can't remember his name. Only if he's going to be there. Cleveland just continues to win the draft lottery, uh, Pretty interesting, you know, looking here at the Kings, they're slotted. It's pick number seven right now, 30 and 52 on the season. I mentioned 7.5% chance of the number one overall pick and a 32% chance at moving into the top four. That's pretty good, Calvin. That's, uh, you know, a third. Yeah, there's a chance. There is a chance. <clears throat> um, if That's I were just guaranteed to ask you, who you think will win the top three picks in the draft? I know it's a shot in the dark. It is totally a shot in the dark. But who, who are you feeling? Who would you put your money on? Who would you tell Ethan to put his money on?
1: I, I would tell Ethan if you're betting on this, then God help you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the Kings are winning pick number three. I don't know why. That's what I put on my form. For some reason, I'm just feeling number three. Um I'm keeping an eye on Orlando for pick number one. I don't know why. Maybe I, I want them. Maybe that's this is my list is where I want teams to to pick. I think Orlando's got a good shot at number one. 14% chance. It's not an overall favorite or anything. They're tied with two other teams. But I got a good feeling about Orlando. I got a good feeling about Sacramento. Who's going to get the number two pick? I, I got to say Oklahoma City just because they got a couple options, a couple shots at it. Uh not financial advice. Please do not bet on these. Uh unless yeah, you really want it's to. It's like
1: you're trying to pick the winning lottery ticket. Right but now, yeah, you
0: know? that's that's exactly what it is. It's it's a bunch of ping pong balls uh going around and I, I think Gotham says we're getting number two. Uh that would be nice. Yeah, you know what that means. Um but last time we had number two it didn't work out <laughs> so well. So uh, I'm happy with winning the lottery. One, two, three, any of those picks. Uh, I'm even cool with them staying at seven. I just don't want them to move down. Uh, and if they move down, that would be, you know, New Orleans winning into the top three, uh, San Antonio, uh, Washington, New York, uh, Charlotte or Cleveland, any of those teams. Or if all three of them magically leapfrog Sacramento, uh, that puts Sacramento down in the 10th spot, which is not
1: not good. No, you especially in this draft, you don't want to be – you don't want to fall out of the, the top 10 for sure. That that would be very, very bad. Yeah, and I, uh, I don't think...
0: Let's see here. Actually, I want to just look here at the mock draft real quick. Uh, according to Tankathon, you guys know my favorite website, uh, they have the Rockets winning the number one pick. They have Chet Holmgren going number one overall. They have the Magic at number two, Jabari Smith. And Apollo Banchero from Duke going number three to the Detroit Pistons. Jay Nivey going number four. Uh, then they got Sheldon Sharp, number five. Keegan Murray, number six. A.J. Griffin to the Kings at number seven. Calvin, who's your favorite player in this year's draft? Do you think there's a consensus number one overall pick? And who do you think will ultimately be the best player coming out of this draft?
1: Oh, wow. That's a tough one. Um Well, first of all, consensus number one pick, to me, it seems pretty easy. It's Chet Holmgren. Um, I think he has the highest ceiling probably of any player in this draft. His size and skill set is so incredibly unique, and the fact that there isn't really a tomorrow franchise-changing player available in this draft makes it pretty clear-cut to me that whoever ends up with the number one pick will probably end up taking Holmgren. Um, My favorite player in this draft, that's tough. I I like a lot of different guys. I don't think it is as easy of a decision for me this year as it was last year. I was just such a big Jonathan Kaminga fan. I think that it was a slam dunk, the Warriors taking him. Perfect Mm -hmm. situation for him to go to. In a couple of years, th- that guy's going to be like only 21 or 22 years old, and we're going to be talking about how he he could be one of the best players in the NBA soon after that. Um, I really like Jaden Ivey a lot. I-, I like a lot of what he brings to the table. I love two way players. He's maybe the best athlete in this draft as well. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got you know some concerning red flags <clears throat> around them, but I think. You know, the, especially from Sacramento standpoint, if they end up in the top four, Jaden Ivey would be a fantastic pick. Yeah. To to groom him for your starting shooting guard, you know, we we talked all off season so far about how the Kings need to improve power forward, shooting guard, maybe small forward, uh, you know, if Harrison Barnes is gonna be moved or or a plan for the future at that position. But if you could end up with Jaden Ivey, that would be in my mind, one of the, the best possible scenarios that the kings could have in this draft
0: yeah i mean i'm looking at all four of these top picks jabari smith uh, Banchero, (coughs) ivy holmgren i I think every single one of these players could have a big impact on the sacramento kings and for on any team for that matter um, i'm really looking at this top four as the guys that are or potentially are franchise changers Uh, And then I think it drops off pretty steep after that. There are some other guys that I do like in the draft. Uh, You mentioned, you know, Ben Matherin, uh, guys like that, A.J. Griffin, Keegan Murray. But I'm really looking at this top four as guys that are going to change the direction of your franchise. And as it's set right now, Houston, Orlando, Detroit, and Oklahoma City, they all need franchise-changing players at this point. Mm -hmm. So... We'll see if they end up with the top four picks or if a team like Sacramento, a team like Portland, a team like New York uh, could jump ahead here and, and, uh, and snag one of these guys. It will be a really, really interesting draft lottery here. Uh... Please, guys, make sure you join us for that. We're going to be starting that in about 20 minutes live on Royal Rebounds. Not on this channel, but if you go to the homepage for this channel and you scroll down to the bottom, it'll say King's Content and have a link to our other channel, Royal Rebounds. Real quick, Calvin, uh, I think we need to just go through Q&A here, answer a couple questions, and then uh, and then get ready for the draft Lottery. So if you guys have any questions... Let us know in the chat. Also, please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. Go ahead and share this video with all your basketball friends. Calvin and I just do this here for fun. We're not professionals. We're just fans just like you. Uh, We enjoy basketball. We love talking about basketball. We love building this community and interacting with you all. And we're here every single weekday uh, just having fun. So uh, we really appreciate all your support. All right, I'm going to see if there's any questions here that I missed earlier, Calvin. Oh, Techno Peasant says, I think we need to differentiate trolls versus trash talkers versus enforcers.
1: Yeah. That's fair.
0: Yeah, I I don't really know the difference between
1: a troll and a trash talker. Do you know? Uh, Not off the top of my head. I think there's some blurred lines. Because I think what you were saying earlier was
0: trolls can't back it up. Trash talkers maybe can.
1: Because Jordan, great trash talker. To to me, a trash talker does it to your face. A troll does it to you on social media. Mm. So Patrick Beverly's both. Yeah. Traymond Green's both.
0: Yeah. Okay. Kevin Durant, troll.
1: By that definition, yes. Okay.
0: That's interesting. We're we're trying to learn things here. We're trying <laughs> to figure things out. It's it's a ever evolving world in the in the basketball community. Calvin and I have been watching basketball for over twenty years and just looking at like the way the game is officiated now and, and uh fouls and non fouls and technicals and all this. Combined with, you know, the style of play is different. Players are empowered. The things they can say. Getting into it with fans. Like, so many things have changed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think Techno Pizzen agrees with you. Uh, Shaden Sharp has looked very good in his workouts in
1: front of team scouts. What could his ceiling be? He has a very high ceiling. Very, very high ceiling. Again, incredible athlete. Um... You know he he could end up being a better player than Jaden Ivey for sure, and I I never uh going back to your question <clears throat> about the fit for Ivey with the Kings I, I don't believe that there is it, that he is a bad fit. Um, I think what I what I was saying is that all these guys have question marks about them. For Jaden Ivey, it's overall shooting <clears throat> and turnovers. He turned the ball over a lot in college. Um, but if he's playing off the ball next to a guy like De'Aaron Fox, he's a really great slasher. Gets to the rim very easily. Shaden Sharp uh, again has all the uh, the athleticism, all the tools. Um, but I, I'm a little concerned by what happened to him over the past year. He didn't play at all this season at Kentucky. He's left the door open number numerous times about maybe returning to college. Um, I potential is there for sure, but. If I had to pick between him and Ivy, I would pick Jaden Ivy because I got to see him do it against some of the best competition in the country. The Big Ten was arguably the best conference in America last year, and he did it night in and night out. So that, that's the only uh, re- or way I would differentiate or draw the line between the two of them yeah what's up CG
0: good to see you here welcome in welcome in we are just uh, going over Q&A here before we end the stream and we're going to be jumping over to our other channel Royal Rebounds it's the Sacramento Kings channel uh, where we're going to be covering the draft lottery regarding those two guards you know we we talked about the Kings biggest needs this offseason after hiring a coach shooting guard power forward there's two teams ahead of the Kings right now that currently need shooting guards and that's the Portland Trailblazers, and the Indiana Pacers. There's more I than think, that. Detroit yeah.
1: needs a shooting guard.
0: Yeah. I think the Kings are going to have to leapfrog one of those two teams if they're going to snag one of these top shooting guards because I see I see a lot of the bigs going early in this draft, and then, yeah, there's going to be two, three, four teams sh- fighting over two, three top shooting guards. Yeah. Um, so Kings need to get a big win today, Calvin. Biggest win of the season could come today. All right, guys. Uh, Anything else you want to mention, Calvin, before we wrap up the show?
1: Uh, Whatever you got to do to get ready, you know, lucky socks. uh, Rabbit's foot. Rally cap. um, Yeah, whatever it is, get it going. Yes. It's lottery time.
0: It is lottery time, guys. Thank you so much for joining us here on another podcast, Basketball at the Bar It's Tuesday. We'll be back Wednesday. Uh, If you guys aren't tired of us already this morning or if you are a Kings fan and you want to join us, uh, like I said, just go to the channel, scroll down to the bottom. Uh, There is the Royal Rebounds channel link there. We will be live in about 15 minutes going over the entire uh, draft lottery, what we think on some of these picks, where they might go, uh, stuff like that. So thank you guys so much for watching. Please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. We'll see you guys all in about 15 minutes, and as always, don't forget to tip your bartender.